I'm actually really excited to share the word with you, the Lord, uh, the word of the Lord with you this morning. And uh, if you've just tuned, uh, tuned in and you're wondering who you're listening to, this is Choose Life Church, and uh, I'm John Rabbit coming to you live this morning, and it's a joy to be with you. Praise God that the kingdom of God is still advancing, even in adverse conditions across the face of the world. So welcome. So please get your Bible, be ready to turn. Uh, you can turn so long to Psalm uh, 121. We'll get there in a few moments' time. So the title of the message this morning is, The Lord, My Guardian, My Keeper. Doesn't that just sound good? The Lord, My Guardian, My Keeper. So I believe that today's message is going to bring hope. Today's message is gonna bring help. Today's message is gonna bring encouragement by the Spirit of the Lord, by the anointing of the Lord, not just by the words that I say, but by what God says and the anointing, the power and the presence of God that comes through in the time of the sharing of the Word of the Lord this morning. Because I wanna tell you, there is nothing like the Word of God. There is nothing like the Word of God. The Word of God brings us hope in whatever situation we may be facing. The Word of God, there's nothing like the Word of God to restore courage in our hearts. Maybe your courage has been waning a little bit. Well, you know what? Your courage is gonna be uplifted today because God's Word is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. God's Word can break shackles. God's Word can break chains. God's Word can break despair. God's Word can break fear in people's hearts today. So let's turn our attention to one of the Psalms and and this could quite possibly be considered as one of the most encouraging psalms in God's word. If not the most encouraging, then at least one of the most encouraging, and it is Psalm 121. Please turn in your Bibles. I'm gonna read reading from the New King James Version. And it says in Psalm 121, verse one to eight, it says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills, from whence comes my help? Question mark. My help comes from the Lord. Listen to that child of God in this situation. My help comes from the Lord. What are you declaring? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. <laughs> God's job is to keep us. And it's so wonderful to know that the God who keeps us, he doesn't just sort of start to nod off on the job, let alone fall asleep. <laughs> he's always at his post, if I can put it that way. As your keeper, he's not falling asleep. He's not falling asleep in this time. It says, behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. What is slumber? Slumber's when you're kind of like in between, you know, you're just sort of dozing off, you're still hearing things in the background, you're, you're half in and half out of sleep, and, and then uh, that's what slumber is, and then sleep is where you are properly gone, all right? You're dead to the world. And my wife tells me that that's when I snore, but I still tell her, honey, I've never heard myself snore in my whole life. So, I don't know, I don't know. 
But isn't it wonderful that your keeper, he never slumbers. His job is to be keeping you and he never slumbers on that job. He never sleeps on the job. He never sleeps and he is constantly doing what he's promised he will do. Verse five, it says, the Lord is your keeper. Won't you say that with me? The Lord is your keeper. Do you believe that in this age, in this time, with this virus that's going around the world, do you believe that the Lord is your keeper? I wanna tell you, he is. The Lord is your keeper. Other translations say, your protector. Another translation says, your guardian. It says, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. Now, why would you need shade at your right hand? Well, in the old days, you would have your shield in your left hand, so you would have shade over your left hand, and your right hand, where your sword would be, it would be exposed to the elements. So the Lord even says, I've got you covered in every way. I will be the shade at your right hand. There's another scripture in Psalm 16, which says, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Verse six says, the sun shall not strike you by day. You know what that actually refers to? Believe it or not, sunstroke. <laughs> the sun will not strike you by day. And it goes on to say, nor the moon by night. Now, I don't know if any of you listening to me have ever been struck by the moon at night but it's actually a picture of frostbite, believe it or not. Because sometimes at night, if you're not properly covered and warm and, and so on, and you're outside and exposed to the elements, you could become extremely cold and you could even potentially die. And God says, I'm your keeper, even in those adverse circumstances, I am your keeper, so that the moon will not strike you by night. Verse seven says, the Lord shall preserve you from, I love this, all evil. Please say those two words, all evil. One more time, all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time and even forevermore. And you've gotta agree, this is a powerful song. Isn't the word of the Lord wonderful? Come on, isn't the word of the Lord wonderful? And so Lord, thank you that this word just goes into our hearts and goes into our spirits now in Jesus' name. There are five things that I'd like to touch on concerning this passage of scripture that we've read. Point number one is simple as this. Look to your divine helper. That's number one. Look to your divine helper. The psalmist says, lift up my eyes to the hills. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Hills, that essentially means look to your divine helper. And look, please follow with me in your Bible. Keep it open as we share in Psalm 121, verse one and two. It says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord. Now, what's all this business about the hills? Maybe you've read this passage before and you've thought, well, what is this? This business about the hills. Some people think, well, maybe they need to somehow look to the hills and maybe there's some mystical power or energy that you draw from the hills. I know new age people probably believe that kind of stuff, but that's not at all what it's talking about. Not at all. Let me tell you, if you were an Israelite living in the days when this Psalm was written, 
you would understand perfectly well this concept of looking to the hills and what it spoke about. You see, the city of Jerusalem, do you know that it is situated on a hill? And also, it has some hills surrounding Jerusalem. That's why the Bible says, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. So the city's on a hill. It's surrounded by other hills. And the temple is on what is known as the Temple Hill in Jerusalem. And the Temple Hill was the dwelling place of God. This is where God's presence would literally dwell in the temple above the Ark of the Covenant. Last week we spoke about that, the Shekinah glory of God resting just above the mercy seat and right there he dwelt with his people. And so in the temple which was up on the hill here, God literally dwelt. And so an Israelite when he was in other parts of the, the, the city, maybe far out in uh, other extended parts of the city, or maybe he was an hour's walk outside of Jerusalem or two hours walk. And if he wanted to pray, he understood this concept that if he needed divine help, that he would look to the hills. It was the same as looking towards the Lord. In other words, he would look to Jerusalem. He would look towards the temple hill. He would look towards the place of God's presence. And that's where he would direct his prayers. It makes sense, makes perfect sense. So just to reemphasize, this wasn't about drawing mystical power from the mountains, no. This was about praying towards the location where God's presence was in the Holy Land at this point in time. And that was in the temple in Jerusalem amongst all these hills. An interesting scripture that we find in 1 Kings refers to actually praying like this. And it's in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 44 to 45. And these are the words of Solomon, he says, when your people go out to battle against their enemy, wherever you send them, when they pray to the Lord, listen to this, when they pray to the Lord toward the city, which you have chosen, God, and toward the temple, which I, Solomon, have built for your name, then here in heaven, their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause. Solomon is basically saying, listen God, when they're out in battle and they pray and they face towards the hills where your temple is, where your presence is, Solomon's saying please hear their prayers as they pray in battle. And so I wanna make it clear, praying towards the hills, the city, the temple meant praying towards the Lord. But I wanna ask you a question. And it's a question that the psalmist also asks because he says, from whence comes my help? Can I ask you this question, child of God, today? Where does your help come from? Let me ask you that. Would you think about that for a moment? Where does your help come from? In these last few days, when a lot of things have been shaken around about us, have you actually looked to the Lord as your helper? Because I wanna tell you, there's a world of difference between a believer that consciously looks to God in times of trouble and one that just sort of tries to survive through their own mindset and personality and so on. I wanna tell you that you have to look to the Lord. You have to renew your trust in Him. And so where does your help come from? Well, the obvious answer is my help comes from the Lord, but we need to make sure that we really believe that. And in times like this, we need to really make sure 
we believe that. Billy Graham says, one really believes only that which one acts upon. In other words, if you consistently go to the Lord as your helper, then you demonstrate that you truly believe he is your helper. And so I wanna say to you, in this time of global crisis, since it kind of broke up with the, broke out with this coronavirus that's been going around the world, I wanna ask you, have you actually gone to the Lord as your helper? Because if you have gone to him as your helper, it shows you really believe he's your helper. But I also wanna challenge people that have not gone to God as their helper. And I wanna say to you, you need to come back to God and place in your trust in God. Come back to him and say, God, I'm sorry, I've been freaking out through this time because I haven't been looking to you. And so now I will say, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I'm gonna say what the psalmist said, my help comes from the Lord. The psalmist was not at all confused about the source of his help. He knew it came from the almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth. And it's also beautiful in John 14, verse 16 to 17, it says, and I will pray the Father, Jesus speaking, and he will give you another helper. Wow. This is the Holy Spirit that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth. Is anybody glad to have the Holy Spirit helping us in our lives at this point in time? He is our parakletos, the one called alongside to help so I wanna to say to you, child of God, look to your divine helper. Make him the one in whom you're trusting. Number two, the magnitude of our helper. This is point number one, number two. Uh, number, two. number one was look to your divine helper. And number two is the magnitude of your helper. It says in verse two, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. You see, there's a qualification here about the helper. <laughs> this is not just any helper. You can go to a lot of people and they can help you with different things, but I wanna tell you that this helper, he is the one who made heaven and earth, and that should speak into our hearts and lives because it means that if he made the heaven and the earth, it means, in other words, he made the universe. That means that he made the whole. And if he made the whole, it means he also made the parts which make up the whole. And so it also means that not only is the whole heaven and earth under his control, it also means that the parts that make up the whole are also under his control. And if everything is under his control, listen to this, then it is easy for him to help us because he is empowered to do so or he is the God with the power, should I say, to do so. And let me tell you, God can offer help and he's offering you help as your divine helper, but he can offer you help because he has the authority to control everything in heaven and everything on earth. And that's why he can make an offer which he can stand behind. We need to understand this. He makes an offer which he can stand behind. Let me tell you, I can't offer you help from the South African military. Why? because I don't have the authority to control in that situation, so it's useless. I can, however, offer you help from Choose Life Church because under God, I have the authority to control here. 
And so the real thing to realize is God has the power to help. He has the ability to help. And when he's offering you help as God of heaven and earth, realize that he can back up his promise to help. Come on, somebody say amen. 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 I'm even getting some amens that I can hear from my congregation here. And I hope in your life group, in your home, wherever you are, that there's also some amens. And so let's remind ourselves today that our helper is the all-powerful helper, the maker of heaven and earth, and he is the mighty God. Why don't you tell somebody next to you, he's a mighty helper. Tell them next to you. Even in your home, tell them that. He is a mighty helper. Praise the Lord. That's what he is. And it says in Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in time of trouble. And so he's not an ordinary helper because he's the helper who made heaven and earth. But he's not an ordinary helper as well because he is ever present to help. There's not times where you can go to God where the door is closed, where the hotline is closed. You can go to him at any point in time and he's open, he's ready to help because he is a covenant-keeping helper. He is a faithful-to-his-promises helper. Point number three of five things I'm sharing with you. Number three, some of the ways in which he will guard and keep you. There's a number of ways in this passage of scripture that talk about how God will help you and keep you. And I'd like to just look at a few phrases in verse three, verses three to eight. I just wanna highlight three phrases. Keep your Bible open. The first one, please look at verse three. Psalm 121 verse three, it says, he will not allow your foot to be moved. Wow. This is talking, child of God, about your footing in life. You see, the enemy would love to move your foot from the rock of ages at this point in time. The enemy would love to move your foot from the sure foundation in Christ Jesus, but I've got good news to you. God will keep your foot from slipping. Maybe in this time, you've been a little freaked out and you've said, God, how am I gonna continue to trust in you when it's so dismal around me? God, I'm freaking out, God help me. And God says, you know what, child? I will keep your foot from slipping, just trust in me. Sometimes we are trusting in ourselves to hold on to God when God's grip is much stronger. You take a little five-year-old girl who's holding her daddy's hand and she's worried that she's not gonna, she mustn't let go of daddy's hand because she must hold tight to daddy's hand. But I wanna tell you, father's hand is so much stronger to hold her. Even if she lets go, God will hold her. And this is encouraging to me because God is saying, I'm not gonna let your foot slip even in this time that we're going through. And it says in Psalm 40 verse two, he also brought me out of a horrible pit, out of the Maori clay. He set my feet upon a rock, that sure-footedness, and established my steps. Another one is verse seven, it says, another phrase I wanna highlight, verse seven, it says, the Lord shall preserve you from all evil. Now, would you just receive that simply in faith? It says, the Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. I remember a situa situation years ago. My mom and dad were busy traveling back from being at the coast, being in East London. They were traveling back to Pretoria. About 11, 11 hour trip back. 
And about an hour and a half before they got home, they're traveling along the highway, the rain is coming down, and they hit a patch on the highway where there was a, like a, a pool of water, a whole area of water. And my mom was driving, and the car began to aquaplane on the highway. It was staying on its wheels, fortunately, and it just began to spin around and around and around. There were other cars around. They didn't hit any other cars, and it spun off the highway, right down, off the embankment, onto the grass area, probably 150 meters, maybe even more, off the road. But as they were beginning to spin out of control, my mom and dad, they began to shout out, Jesus, Jesus. They called on the name of the Lord. They shouted, Jesus. And you know what? The Lord Jesus protected them. <laughs> The car came to a perfect standstill. It didn't flip over. They stood there, well, they, they sat there, they looked at each other, and they just prayed, and they said, thank you, Lord, for your protection. And the car wasn't damaged. The only thing that was lost was the license plate. <laughs> a couple months later, we went there as a family. We were traveling down again, and, and we went and walked around, and we found the number plate, and we just said, thank you, Lord for your protection in that point in time. I believe in God's protection. How about you? Do you believe in God's protection? Also, another phrase I'd like to highlight from verse eight, it says, the Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in. Now, let me just say this. <laughs> this is what the word of God says. You're going out and you're coming in. You know what, some people are so gripped by fear, they are perfectly healthy, but they won't even leave their homes right now. They will not leave their home. They even have to go out and get groceries and, and buy groceries for, for elderly parents and so on, but they just refuse to do it. They are so gripped by fear. Now let me just say, if the government does require a lockdown, then we have to regard uh, the, the law of the government because we are law-abiding citizens. We are not lawless people. But I wanna tell you, if you're wise and if you take precautions, there should not be fear that you only have to stay at home. If you have to go out for legitimate reasons and for necessary reasons, I wanna tell you, there is a promise that says God will keep you in your going out and your coming in. It's awesome. One of the theologians says the following in old-fashioned words. He says, in the morning, a man would go out of his chamber in which he slept. He would go about his daily task and then he would return to his chamber in the evening. And throughout the entire day, he would know God's preserving power. I wanna tell you, be encouraged, child of God, that as you may have to go to work, when you drive out of your driveway, God is with you, preserving you. As you're driving down the street and in the network of roads, might take you a long time to get to work, God is protecting your going out. As you get into your office, he is protecting you. As you are in the cafeteria at lunchtime, he is preserving you, he's protecting you. When you have to drive back home afterwards, he's with you, he's preserving you, his hand is upon you. He's going before you. As you come back home and, and you're back into the safety of your home, he has preserved you in your going out and he has preserved you in your coming in. Praise God. Let faith arise because I believe that the children of God need to live with a sense of faith and not fear at this time. And so the significance of the going out and the coming in is that God's protection will cover 
all your activities in the days that we are facing. Point number four, God's keeping power is both for the present and for forevermore. This is what it says. It says the Lord in verse eight, Psalm 121 verse eight, it says the Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in. Now look at this. From this time, this is the present, fourth, and even forevermore. Isn't it wonderful to know, child of God, that our future is secure? And it's so wonderful to know that, yes, God is caring for us right now. In 15 years' time, I wanna tell you, he's still gonna be caring for you and he's gonna be preserving you. And I wanna tell you, should you go to be with the Lord and graduate in heaven, he's gonna be preserving you and his hand will be upon you. And realize this, that his preserving power and his protection, his keeping power is both for now and forevermore. And hasn't he been faithful to you all along in your life? Is his faithfulness going to take a dip at this point in time? No, he will preserve you both now and forevermore. Say this after me, please, out aloud. I am secure both now and forevermore. I am safe in the arms of the mighty God. Now, point number five, just very briefly. Our response is, Lord, I place my trust in you. This is point number five. Lord, I place my trust in you. When you think about it, this is actually a psalm of trust. This is not a psalm that you can read and walk away indifferent to it. This is a psalm that calls for a response. This is a psalm that calls for you to read it and say, okay, what am I gonna do? And your decision should be, I am gonna trust in the Lord. I remember years ago, we had some Trust God stickers. This was in about 2008. And my brother Andrew was instrumental in that and uh, people were in the congregation given these stickers, trust God, trust God. People were putting it on their cars and shop windows and different places. And right there, we were facing an economic crisis in 2008 and people were being encouraged to trust God. And I wanna tell you, God brought you through that economic crisis. But there's something that I've learned is that trust needs to be renewed in God. You might say, well, I placed my trust in God in 2008. Well, I wanna tell you, when a new crisis comes, choices come, and you need to place your trust in God afresh and say, thank you, God, for this coronavirus that is plaguing the world right now. I, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and we will trust in the Lord our God because God is completely worthy of our trust. You hear that? He is trustworthy. The best thing you can do is place your trust in him. And the last scripture says, Jeremiah 17, verse seven and eight, the last scripture, it says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord, who have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. Come on, child of God, that's what we should be doing. Trust means you're making the Lord your hope, your confidence, and it says people like that are like trees, planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. 
I don't know about you, but I wanna be like that. In a time like this, I wanna be like a tree planted by the riverbank and my roots go deep into the trust of God because I wanna tell you that even in a time like this, you can flourish and I speak that over your life. Let faith arise in Jesus' name. I wanna tell you, child of God, that you can even flourish in adverse circumstances. There's many testimonies in the Bible of people flourishing the people of God in adverse times. And so, as I'm drawing to a close, I wanna say this, Psalm 121, which we've read today, has given hope to countless people over approximately 2,500 years since that psalm was written. And you know what? That psalm is giving you hope today, right now in your journey. This psalm is breathing hope into your heart and into your life. My closing statement, my last statement before we pray, how do we respond? By saying, God, I place my trust in you. You are my guardian and you are my keeper. I'm gonna invite us to stand right now, please. Those couple of folks in the auditorium, would you stand? And those that are watching as well, can I ask that you stand? Standing is an outward action in this moment of signifying, yes, I'm placing my trust in God. So let us close our eyes and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you for your word. Over two and a half thousand years ago, your word was written, that particular psalm, Psalm 121, and we receive your word which produces faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I thank you, Father, that your people have been built up today. And we declare that in the name of Jesus, we declare, Almighty God, we place our trust in you. Say that with me. We place our trust in you. One more time. We place our trust in you. And so thank you, Lord. We can go in faith. I say the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his smile upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being with us. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. And tune in again next week. God bless you. Thank you.